Well, there's some subtle messages in that theme that I didn't know were coming, and they dovetail right with what I'm about to say. Just unbelievable. It's been like that all morning. I can never, we can, we do plan to, to try to make things fit together, but it always blesses me when I, when I see how things really do come together. I know that, that God is ahead of us. You know, the idea of just being in a place where we have a sense of serenity and calm. Isn't it nice to have those kinds of moments? I, mean, I hope you were blessed by the music just for that reason alone. That's not where we normally live, is it? Have you heard this definition of patience? Patience defined is this. It's a measurement of time between when the light in front of you turns green and the guy behind you honks. (laughs) Patience. Beth, uh, my wife Beth, told me last week she saw... Some Model A and Model T Fords driving around. And I said, they still exist. Not the Model A and Model T Fords, but Sunday drivers. I didn't know they still existed, you know. People who just go out for a drive on Sunday, take a deep breath and a step back. After decades of of seminars on time management, I think all we've really been able to accomplish is speeding up the pace of life. It's all about efficiency. You know, managing our time well is always about knowing the cost of time, but not the value of a moment. Remember a friend of mine in Signal Mountain, uh, Tommy Hazlett. He was here during the installation last year. And Tommy, Tommy said, uh, you know, I, I feel like my three-year-old needs to be signed up for some special soccer clinic so that he can play in college. You know, I mean, that's the kind of pressure that we have these days. And I said to Tommy, well, uh, I hope there are spots left for you because I think we got the last three. <laughs> he said, you know... What, I, what I'd love to do sometime is to get up, up in the middle of town and just say, can we all please just slow down? The pace of anxiety rather than the pace of trust is what we're used to. We cram life into our moments and we know the cost of the moments. But do we really know the value of these stuffed moments? T.S. Eliot, poet after World War II, wrote, The hollow men, the stuffed men. We are the hollow men. We are the stuffed men. Leaning together, headpiece filled with straw, alas. Those who've crossed with direct eyes to death's other kingdom, remember us, if at all, not as lost, violent souls, but only as the hollow man, the stuffed man, hollow and stuffed. What's he saying? He's saying, yeah, we are a vacuum filled 
with busyness and anxiety. Let's turn to the scriptures that speak to this idea, this difficulty that we have in finding a pace of trust. And I hope what you'll see is that this Matthew 6 passage provides commentary on the Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 11 passage. It's kind of the backstory of what Solomon was trying to bring to us in his poetic rhythm that Jay read earlier. Starting with verse 25, Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, help us not only to receive this word into our minds, but into our lives as well. In Jesus' name, amen. And so not living at the pace of anxiety, but living at the pace of trust. How do we do that? I think we understand it. We've seen all kinds of images that Jesus gives us, that Solomon has given us. We can even feel it in the rhythm of the reading of Ecclesiastes 1 through 11, knowing there's a design and ebb and flow to life. But how do we know the value of the moment and not just the cost of our time? How do we not just become more efficient But effective, how do we not just pursue quantity, stuffing ourselves and our schedules, but a quality of life that reflects eternity? How do we live at the pace of trust? Let's look at three moments in order to understand how we value time how we become stewards of time. 
Three moments. Final moments. Quiet moments. And outward moments. Final moments, quiet moments, and outward moments will help us all understand how we value the moment and live our lives and not just rush rush past them. First, final moments. Final moments. Final moments help us see with eyes that are wise. The wisdom of Solomon, the wisdom of these verses of of Jesus is is a kind of retrospect wisdom. Like the old saying, life is lived forwards but understood backwards. Solomon, like Jesus, Jesus, like Solomon is saying, play the movie forward. Read the last chapter and then begin with the end in mind. Understand the last chapter, understand the final moments. And then come back to this moment and live your life accordingly. Well, what what do I mean by that? Well, let me illustrate it this way. Beth and I love, my wife Beth and I love to go to Cades Cove. It's one of our favorite places, a place where we're engaged, a place where we've returned uh, fall after fall after fall. And Cades Cove is the western side of the Smoky Mountains. They call it the quiet side. And in Cades Cove, there's an 11-mile loop, usually a big traffic, snake of traffic, a big train of traffic that goes all the way through that. And you can only go about two and a half miles per hour. But if you go early in the morning, you can ride your bike with nobody because they don't open the gates until later during a certain season. And one of the things I love to do is stand up in one of the old, white, clabbered, primitive Baptist or missionary Methodist churches. And to stand there with windows that are similar to these windows, but you can see, they're not translucent, they're transparent. You can see right through them. And you look out these windows, and what you see next to the church at each of these churches in Cades Cove is what? A cemetery. And I always imagine, what would it be like to live in the 1800s in this agrarian village where everyone you're seeing, everyone gathered one day will be out there. And they know it. It's to look at final moments. It's not to be morbid. It's not, it's not to, 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 to be a downer. It's not to say, oh gosh, Tim, you know, great. I got up for this. Yeah, I came here, I got all dressed up and fought the rain just so you can tell me I'm going to die. Thank you. Thank you very much. Why is it so important that we understand that we're going to die? Because only then can we begin to dial back what it is that's most meaningful in the moments that we have. So imagine yourself and do this exercise. Imagine that someone is conducting your memorial service and ask yourself, what three words would you want to describe your life? What three words? 
What are the three words? Just take three. What three words would you want people to say about your life? If you try this on, if you really put yourself there, if you can use your imagination and be there in that moment where people are describing, the important people in your life are saying one, two, and three about you. What are those three? And then evaluate your Monday, your tomorrow, and ask yourself, how am I living tomorrow that points to those three values? Final moments. Final moments help us not to just know the cost of everything, not just to know the cost of time, but to understand the value of time. Solomon's playing a game here. He's playing sort of a word game in the Old Testament passage that, that uh, Mr. Stauffer read to us. He's playing a game. He's using this refrain throughout the book of Ecclesiastes saying, life under the sun, under the sun, life under the sun is vain. He's saying, ho-hum, everything has its season. There's coming and there's going. And what he's saying is, I have no control in the end. We have no control. Very little control over our lives. And so what's valuable under the sun? What's valuable is to live life in light of eternity. John Donne in his poem and echoed in uh, Hemingway's book said this. Ask not for whom the bell tolls, for the bell tolls for thee. You see, at one time, Churches would toll the bell to signal that someone had passed away. And everybody understood that this wasn't something that just happened to one person. It's something that happened to us. And the the presence of that reality, the understanding that you had lost someone, was so much more a part of daily life than it is today. So much so that even the way that a bell is rung to toll a bell, ding, no dong, just ding, 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 is to signify a life that has been spent under the sun. And to remind us that that's not all we have. To remind us that only in understanding that these moments fly do we begin to really value the moment and not just count the cost of all our moments. How do we value? By looking at final moments. Second, we look at quiet moments. Quiet moments. Quiet moments help us 
to understand the value of our time, to be good stewards of our time, not just to count the cost of how much or how little time we seem to have, but to truly value the time. We must pursue quiet moments daily, not just final moments, quiet moments. You know, the, the, uh, the passage, that, the Old Testament passage, was, uh, was used as the text of a modern song in the 60s. The birds, the old uh, rock group, the birds, sung to everything, turn, 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 there is a season. You can see there's a melody to this passage. There's a poetry to it. Even to its construction, the repetition says something. It says something about the pace of life. The pace of life. Solomon is saying we have so little control over so much of life and yet there is behind it this sense of design. And what Jesus is trying to to push us about is the fact that if we do not have a pace, the right kind of pace, the pace of trust, we will be anxious. We will be anxious. He's saying, don't be anxious. And what's he saying the remedy is? Seek first his kingdom. Did you know that that the Sabbath, of course, represents Saturday? Saturday means Sabbath. And at one point, early in the early church, they switched from honoring the Sabbath, the fourth commandment, from Saturday to Sunday, the first day of the week. Seek first his kingdom. I, I, think, I think one of the reasons why the early church did that was to honor what Jesus was saying. That we're going to live life at the pace of trust and that our first fruits will be rendered unto the Lord. You say first fruits? What's that, Tim? That's, that's, that's an image of what we have, our stuff. Yes, but it begins with our time. You say, well, you know, the Old Testament, that stuff, you know, tithing and all that, that's the Old Testament, Right? But yet Jesus says, don't allow the law to pass away. The fourth commandment says, keep the Sabbath day, make it holy. What kind of preparation do you have before you come in here? Are you ready to worship, not just to receive? Are you ready to bring a sacrifice of praise? Are you ready? Are you ready? Not just with the right thing to wear. Are you ready in your heart, soul, mind, and strength to love God with all you have? That's the point of first fruits. It's to say, Lord, help us love you with all. Not just with the part. And God is saying, you don't have to give me all to love me with all. Just give me the first And then you'll begin to live at the pace of trust. Do you feel this as guilt and shame? Please don't. It's not the intention. It's not what Jesus is saying. If you feel this as guilt and shame, then you have to confront yourself and hear what Jesus is actually saying. He's saying it's not good for you to live at the pace of anxiety. And the only remedy is to live at the pace of trust. How do we do that? Quiet moments. Quiet moments. Daily. My friend Bill Ray, who lives in Signal Mountain, I had lunch with him about 10 years ago. I had been watching his life. He's a guy that people seek out 
his wisdom. Sometimes he's sort of people's knot at the end of their rope. It's like, I can't, I don't know who else to talk to. I, I want to go seek Bill Ray's advice. I had lunch with Bill Ray one time. I said, tell me about your life. He said, he told me about this incredibly deep personal loss that he experienced, his family experienced. I said, well, how, how do you deal with that? He said, I still am dealing with that, and I always will be. I said, well, how? He said, well, every morning, I begin every morning with one hour of silence. Wow. Martin Luther. Martin Luther once said, I have so much to do today. I have so much to get done in my day that I need to spend the first two, three hours in prayer. (laughs) There's a man living at the pace of trust. To be able to say, I am seeking first and in all things His kingdom and His righteousness. Finally, not only are we to understand through Solomon and through Jesus these passages here, final moments and quiet moments, but also outward moments. What do I mean by outward moments? I mean moments that are just given away. Moments that we just simply give away. We cannot value time. We can only judge the cost of time. We cannot actually value our moments until we give time away. Really? What do you mean? I don't have time to give away. Well, that's the problem. You see what you just said right there? I know you didn't say it, but you did say it. I don't have time. When we fail to give time, we send a message to our souls that says, I don't have the time. I don't have time for interruptions. I don't have time for you. I don't have time to give. But when we do give time, when we give our time, when we tithe our time, when we're giving out of the first fruits, when we say Sunday is the Lord's day, Sunday means, if you trace back the etymology of Sunday, it means the Lord's day, and then Monday is day one, day two, day three, of the week that's based on the Lord's day. It's to say that all creation hinges upon the life of God. When we give our time, we're sending a message to our soul that says, I have enough. When we don't give our time, when we hoard all of our time, we say to ourselves, time is scarce. I remember some years ago, Beth and I were trying to decide whether or not we were going to go to an important life event from somebody in our family. And we decided not to go. And I remember a deep feeling of regret. And I just said, never again. We're going I don't care what the cost is, we're going to value our family. It's to say to your soul, God is enough for me. His supply is enough. Today I want you to do something. I know I've given you an assignment already. You have to go home and you have to think about three words, right? Three words. So take some time this afternoon and think about those three words. And then log on to our church's website. I'm not kidding. I want you to look at a video 
there that it's posted on the front page. Or there's going to be a link there on the front page. And you'll see Tim and Margaret Sanders giving their testimony about time that they've given to this place. And how they have been blessed by giving away their time. And not only that, you're going to hear them talk about people that they've seen give their time. You'll, you'll hear them talk about the fact that the church that they see today that exists on this, this, this big block of space, they know and they appreciate and they value the many people who have had a tradition of giving themselves to this place, giving their time so that you and I can live at the pace of trust. Trust.